then I choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? This is Zach KMGZ on Twitter. This is Thanks for Asking Kel's Podcast. I'm back. Sorry for the wait. I don't think it was that long, though. Like, I mean, but y'all got to follow me on Twitter. If y'all follow me on Twitter, I'll be giving y'all updates when I'm going to do by, you know, bi-weekly. It's not, look, it's still a weekly podcast, but, like, you know, sometimes it just, if I give y'all a real long one, it don't be nothing to talk about during the week, and so... Rather than give y'all a whack-ass little quick episode with, you know, nothing to discuss, it just make more sense to skip to the next week so it'll be more to talk about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to do that, but, like, look, the, the job be jobbing. And, um, you know, I was pretty uh, I was pretty on schedule on the panorama, but, you know, that's because we were sitting in the house. <laughs> it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like... So it's easy to do it weekly, but now, you know, this shit is back open. So bear with me. I really appreciate y'all listening, not taking y'all for granted. But, like, I'm really trying to give y'all good shows here. And, I, you know, I have been, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but I've been listening. You know, I listen to different podcasts. Um, and I'm trying to, y'all know I'm a true, true range trooper. I mean, true crime trooper. But, you know, I do listen to other stuff, too. But, like, and I, it's funny because I know how y'all feel because this is a podcast out of the Triple, um, Triple T podcast. They be, they have delays too and I'll be cussing their asses out too so I know how y'all feel but like you know it's some other podcasts I listen to and you know it's like you know maybe y'all don't need to do weekly because this is very dry and not you know the most interesting like if y'all need to wait till y'all can have something popping so you know listen I'm not trying to dick y'all around I do appreciate y'all listening but um you know I'm just trying to give y'all the best content and I don't I don't if I don't have nothing, if I drop something on Sunday and then, you know, I got to go, you, you know, I got to plan the next episode for the next Sunday. And if I drop something on Sunday and it ain't nothing happened that week, then, hold on. <coughs> Damn, y'all fucked up. I forgot my water. I got a little bit of juice, though, so I got to make it last. It's allergy season out here and this motherfucker's back with a vengeance. Anyway, if, um... You know, it ain't too much to talk about. I don't just want to hop on here babbling is what I'm trying to say. All right, so let's get into it. This is episode 336, if I didn't say that at first. Um, so the yours and negative two is going out to my QB, my QB, my QB, Jalen Hurts, uh, that up until day has the highest um, bill for a QB in the league. Shout out to his black woman agent, Nicole Lynn who, when he graduated, oh, well, I think she said when he left Ohio State, <coughs> <coughs> oh, Lord, sorry, y'all, the pollen is out here, when he left Ohio State, she shot a, you know, a Hail Mary in his DMs, like, hey, if you aren't covered by anybody yet, let's talk, and clearly they talked, because now she's an agent, and, you know, I don't know what Lamar Jackson's doing, you know, I keep telling 
you know, keep hearing people in the mentions argue that it's not about him having an agent. I just want you guys to know that it is. You know, I understand that there are other players who have done their deal. They probably could have gotten a better deal with an agent also. You're not an expert. These negotiations are with lawyers, and people have been doing this for a long time. You're missing out on all kind of endorsement deals because you don't know and don't have those connections. And I just think um, that if Lamar Jackson had an agent, a deal would have been done long ago. So, shout out to them. Shout out to um, the agent. I'm looking forward to the Eagles season this year. I'm, I'm very curious to see. I mean, I don't expect us to take off like we did last year, 9-0. I just, But, I mean, I didn't expect that last year either. So, I don't know. I just, you know, we've lost some players. I'm curious to see what, how he's going to do in the draft and for trades. He seems to always pull a rabbit out the hat. But I think as a team, we're still pretty much one of the best ones out there. Um, yeah, so, you know. But, hey, summer ain't even here yet, so we worry about football, and it's time to worry about football. But shout out to them. All right, so let's get started. And, I, you know, I got a lot to say on this one. Let me see where do I want to start. All right, let's start with the little shit first. Um, so the NBA playoffs are right now, I told y'all, basketball season is way too long for me. I don't tend to pay too much attention. Well, I don't pay attention to basketball at all during football season. And then I tend to not really start paying attention to it because the finals are in June. So that means you could really start paying attention to it in March, April and still have almost, you know, four or five months of basketball. Um, I don't know why the basketball season is so long. I don't remember as younger it being so long, but maybe I just didn't notice. Um, But... Yeah, I'm. I just. I'm. I'm. I can't watch it November, December, January. I just really don't give a fuck. But, um, I have been, you know, paying attention since you know about March when you know we start to see who's gonna be, you know, in the top, and who's gonna probably be in the playoffs. Um, but, and I kind of said this when I was talking about the WNBA. Like, I just, I don't know the NBA. I'm not sure what it's trying to do. I just feel like it's trying to cater to too many interests all at the same time Vegas fans who the hell player complain I don't even know really what it all is they're trying to do but like you're throwing guys out of games in the playoffs for stupid shit and I, that's never happened I mean look it's not gonna go back to the old NBA days we had that I prefer when it was like straight up boxing on the court but like it used to be that that's what had to get you put out boxing on the court these some of these flagrant fouls they're calling they're going back to see if they're gonna throw a player out like that's that's it's ruining the game it's ruining the experience and I think it's stupid okay these guys are athletes these guys are grown men. It's going to get rough on the court. People, you know, in the watching on TV at home, like they shouldn't have so. They're going to watch the game regardless. They shouldn't have so much input into the game. I don't care if George from accounting is upset or appalled because you know somebody got elbowed in the nose. Like George, you're not on the court. Shut the fuck up. All right, nobody gives a fuck. We, you know, let the refs deal with it. Let the players deal with it. Let the league deal with it. I don't. I just feel like. It's just they doing too much now. They throw they throwing people out of games for like just just common contact. Like sometimes you get hit in the nuts. Like it happens. Like yo, he trying to push up. You know he's trying to you throw his arm out there. He you know and he just happened to hit you in your waist. Like like come on man. Like we throwing people out of out of out of games for this. It's just I feel it's ridiculous. Even the one with um old boy that's that's a bum. 
talking shit to LeBron James, but like even that play, it looked to me like he just got crossed up nasty. LeBron just crossed him up and he just got so turned around that his arm flung out and you know he tried to reach and grab himself back and and hit him in his in his growing. You know, and listen, no offense, we know LeBron is a flopper. Like I'm not saying he ain't get hit in the nuts. I don't know, but you know, we know <laughs> we know LeBron is a flopper, so it could have hit him in the thigh. Who knows where it actually hit him at? If it did actually hit him in the nuts, I don't know. I don't know how these situations be under the shorts with the you know jock straps and all that. But you know, I'm just saying. I felt I thought that was a bit much. I know y'all hate Draymond. I thought the Draymond thing. But I mean, I kind of understood that. I guess that was a culmination of things that you know, nigga. You just you keep doing the most. But I didn't think that stomp was that bad. I mean, it, it was he did stomp on him, but he was it was in trying to turn around, he had his leg wrapped up, I mean, it was, he had to put his leg down, and it just so happened he put it on his chest, I don't, I didn't think that was that, I just thought that was a, a, a what you call it, a tussle, you know, like, okay, if I, if I don't put my leg down, then I might fall and break my motherfucking knee or ankle, I'm not gonna do that, so I'm just gonna turn around and, sorry, you know what I mean, but I guess, I, I mean, honestly, I just think Draymond, get, I, I'm not, caping for Draymond, but I just feel like everybody made way too big of a deal of him punching. Y'all act like he was on a out on a high school camp or something and punched a kid or something like that. That was a grown-ass man. And, I, you know, look, we all, like I said, they all professional athletes. Look, if you got knocked the fuck out, I, I'm gonna tell you, you should shut the fuck up, whatever you said to the man. Like, But y'all acting like he bullying him. Like, come on, dog. Like, we all grown here. We all in great shape. And if you ain't think that man was going to punch you in your eye, oh, well, it was that practice. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I just thought a whole lot was made of it. And I think that from that, they just been waiting to get something on, on, on Draymond. And so they threw him out the game. But whatever, that one was not as egregious because I get it. All right, he had, you know, all right, nigga, you calm the fuck down. You've been doing a whole lot. Calm down. I get it. But I just, I don't know. I think it's ruining the game. I think it's ruining the product. And I find it very annoying. Um... I also find it annoying how late these fucking games is on. Like, I'm sorry, I'm I, I got a job. I'm not gonna be up at one twelve one in the morning watching West Coast teams. I really don't give a damn about it anyway. I really only like Golden State. And you think people gonna be up till one two in the morning? I I don't know where they do that at, but we don't do that here in Philly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Um. Also want to comment on Riri's little cute-ass baby, Baby Fenty. We don't know his name. But he just been out in his little Gucci boots and his little Fenty outfits. And he's just so cute. They got him dressed up in his, you know, in his little design, baby designer. He's always smiling because I feel like he knows what the Lord has done for him. Um, he seems like he's just really cute, little happy little baby. And, you know, I just love seeing him in his little outfits. That's exactly what I would do if I had a little boy. So it's like... <laughs> No offense, little girls. I was like, I if I had a child, which I wouldn't, I would want them because I would have that. I would do just what Riri doing. I have him dressed up in all the little outfits, putting on all the little little Jordans and everything. And I know we make fun of parents to do that, but I mean, if you got be rich and you Rihanna, and it's no big deal, and people giving you shit free anyway, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure when he's at home, she puts him in regular clothes. But um, I just, I just love it. I think it's so funny. And he's such a, he seems like such a cute, happy baby. Um. Maybe one day we'll know his name. Although she says she ain't gonna tell us, but I guess at some point, like when he gets older, it'll come out because they have to enroll in school or something. I don't know. I have a feel. I, I kind of suspect that he might be named for his father. I don't know. I can't remember what Rocky's real name is. Like some 
Rochelle. It's some weird. Name. I don't know. I just have a. I don't know why I feel that. I just have a feeling it might be some version of his dad's name, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, and the finally the other little small thing that I wanted to mention real quick is um. So Leon. And this is what I call Elon Musk on Twitter because he searches his name and people have been, you know, if you, if you talk, if he, uh, you say anything about this nigga, your yeah, yeah, uh, account could get blocked. So I call him Leon. Um, has, we all on Twitter know this whole rigmarole that's been going on with the blue checks. It's so dumb because in the early days of Twitter, nobody had, and there were no blue checks. There were no, I can't recall if there was a way to, initially tell if there was a uh, if if an account was legit I don't think there was because I think when Twitter first started it was so few people on there it, it, before it got all crazy like so Diddy would just be Diddy like there was no 20 other accounts trying to personate it, it wasn't like that yet so I think when it first started but then they got sued because something happened somebody impersonated somebody and they got sued but anyway and so that's when they started saying okay we have to take some affirmative action to try and at least on our part make it more obvious who the legitimate account is so you know you if you you can't blame us basically so that's what the whole blue check and i mean it did, i don't even think it started a blue check or it started we call it a blue check because it's the legitimate account has a blue check next to it but i believe when it first started wasn't even a it was I think when it first started it wasn't a blue check I think they went late they did that start doing that later but basically it's verification the whole purpose of the blue check was to identify the the official account if you were a celebrity if you're a magazine if you're a company you know because anybody could create a Twitter account they can make spell your name a little different they had all these different parody accounts of people and so you just wanted to know if this is Rihanna's, Rihanna's account, the one that she has, this Beyonce's account, the one that she has, you know, and that's what it was for, a verification, and that helped, that, that makes the app manageable, because otherwise, you just in a random ass chat room where anybody can claim anything, right, so that's what it was, and over time, as more and more people came to Twitter, and the more nerds, and I want to say when, when Tumblr got shut down, and all the fucking nerds and geeks that was over there came to Twitter, then all of a sudden it just start turning to this clout thing, and people thinking, because they got to check, their opinion is is more valuable than somebody else's opinion, and these motherfuckers think they celebrities, and, 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 and they, you know, just thinking they the shit, like they run the Twitter, and it's like, nobody gives a fuck about y'all accounts, y'all are on here just like everybody else, y'all are not funny, y'all are wild corny, like, okay, Miss Ma'am, you got your PhD, or you on MSNBC, I don't really give a fuck, that ain't got nothing to do with me and my Twitter experience, you and my mentions arguing with something, I say, it. I don't, like, what are you gonna do, you gonna beat me up, so, it turned into an issue, and it really was starting to kind of get on my nerves, so, and a lot of people's nerves, because we was like, yo, you know, it just, and they, and they were the ones that were like, retweet, like, private, they the ones that were, that ended up letting woke get out, the term woke, which has been a fucking concept in the African American community since forever, and 
we know what it means. It's AAV. It don't mean what the fuck y'all done turned it into. And it, it was a part, it was, it was a strictly African American concept and term for so long until all of a sudden we get these fucking wannabes trying to get TV jobs and trying to get writing jobs on Twitter. The, the, the Therese and the, and the, and the, I'm, can't even think of the other name, but y'all know the cons I'm talking about, the, the black friends on Twitter, constantly retweeting and constantly telling their white friends and constantly showing, and, and just, just starving for the white attention, tweeting our shit out, and now, woke, done turned into the goddamn January 6th um, motto, and, and the dances, and we can't have a fucking thing, because these lame ass, so that's, that's where the blue check had gotten to, so I'm not gonna lie, when Leon came through and was like snatching everybody's checks, I was like, good. Good. Because these motherfuckers have taken that shit and ran and turned it into something it is not. And they on everybody nerves. And we don't need them in our business like that. They letting people in the black business because these are the these are the people that the white people who want to know what the blacks are doing, oh, we'll follow this guy because he'll tell us everything and we'll get it all the fuck wrong and take it on TV. And next thing we know, people talking about woke and man in books. All woke mean, woke is actually a joke. It was a slur for, you know, back in the hood when you had, you know, the super um, black power, the super everything's a conspiracy. Dude. It's actually funny. The people who use woke as a slur are actually the kind of wokes we're talking The people that's like everything conspiracy, you know, they putting the steroids in the, in the, uh, in the apple juice, man. You know, the white man want us to be huge. So we, blo- that, that's what we call woke. Like people who are extra, extra, like just everything is a conspiracy, extra black, you know, don't eat no pork. They put, you know, that's what woke was. And, 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 and actually it's not even that, like where we come from is cause back in the day, day, like back in the sixties and seventies, like, you know, the, the, the black, the black Panthers and the nation and like the black power groups would say stuff like, Hey, don't sleep. Like they'll say, tell you something. Hey man, you know, they draft you. They're trying to get us to go over there and fight their war. Don't fall for that. Don't sleep, which basically means just be vigilant, pay attention. Don't be no dummy. You know, don't, don't let them lead you by the, by the nose. And, and as a joke from that, people start saying, oh, I'm woke. Cause you know, if I'm not asleep, I'm woke. So that's where it, it's a joke. It's not <laughs> like, and it's old as fuck. Like I said, it goes back to the seventies and we kept it in our community all that time until y'all motherfuckers. So, you know, so now Leon is just, he's just a, like, I, I always, I knew Twitter is, is, if you're not on Twitter, it's hard to explain because it is a social media app, but it is not like Facebook and it is not like, so every, every social media app has like its own culture and its own personality and Twitter is hard for people who are not on Twitter. It is hard for them to understand, hard for them to pin down because with the problem, the thing is on Twitter, <coughs> excuse me, um, what you have on Twitter is you have everybody. Presidents on there, celebrities on there, regular degla people on there, you know, comedians on there, company, every, every we, just everybody's on there. And, and there's definitely black Twitter and white Twitter and all that. It's just, there's, it's pe- people think that's an actual place. No, it's just white people use and, and, and communicate and the stories that they run with on Twitter are way different than black people. And sometimes they cross, and those those can be some of the best days. Like some of the like for perfect example, the Gwyneth um, Paltrow trial with the ski trial. That was that was white Twitter, but that 
cross in the black Twitter, and it, it was very funny because that trial was hilarious to watch because Quentin Patrol, that lawyer was up there, and that lawyer for that man thought she was going to be... They was just trying to make a, 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 a... What's the word? They was trying to make a show not understanding that Gwyneth Paltrow is a great, is a list, is a, is an A-list actress, and you not finna out act or out traumatic her, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, she can, like, I don't know what y'all think we doing here, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> you wanna act, we can act, you know what I mean, so, and then she told that man, God go with you when she, <laughs> it, that, that was, so, sometimes stuff crosses, right, and those can be great days, but, the thing about Twitter that, that, Guys like Elon and these like right wing morons and Candace, uh, what's her name? Owens and just all these fucking Trump morons and idiots. Because at at their foundation, they're fucking a bunch of losers who want to be a part of the cool kids, who want to be popular, who want to be liked, but they're not because they're lame assholes. And they look at Twitter. They had this idea that like Twitter is like suppressing their speech or or giving favor to certain accounts now it probably was but they had this notion that like I I knew when Elon bought it because he would tweet Elon was on there he would tweet about how it didn't make money and and you know just like I guess all these people thought Jack had this app and and the thing about Twitter is it was always an issue because it it really couldn't get it to make money yeah they got to pay for ads but like it was having a problem because they had all these right-wing bots and trolls and the shit with Trump and all of that, and, P- and companies didn't want to be associated with that, so a company was like, hey, I'm not going to be on this app if you're going to have people on here calling people niggers and putting child porn and all kind of shit, so it was always a give and pull with the ads, right? But guys like Leon, they just, you could just tell, like, they just were like, oh, if I get it, I can charge, they, they, like I said, they thought that, they think that Twitter is something that you get on and you can spout and say whatever you want to say, and and if people don't and, and if people don't elevate you, or if people don't like your 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 tweets, or if people don't, if 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 the news or the media doesn't give attention to what you're saying on Twitter, then there's a bias, and it's not that. It's just that Twitter don't work like Facebook. Twitter don't work. You know, you don't have a bunch of just morons just posting shit over and over and over and dog and all this dumb shit that on Facebook they just they just post shit over you know and it, it's not like that like you post some shit and if motherfuckers don't think that shit is funny then they don't it's not gonna go nowhere if you saying some stupid shit it's not gonna go nowhere and so he thought he could just buy this and, and for some reason he's one of those people who thought the blue check like meant something like the blue check was valuable and he thought people were gonna play for Twitter blue and it's like why first of all anytime you give somebody something for free, and then you try to get them to pay for it if they've had it for free for so long, that's never gonna work. Like, we're not paying for this shit, right? So, he just kept trying all these machinations to get people to play, wouldn't pay, then he threatened to take the the celebrity blue checks away, and the celebrity was like, I don't give a fuck because the blue check is not valuable to us... LeBron James doesn't give a fuck if you take his blue check. He's still LeBron James. People who want to follow LeBron James are going to go through and figure out who's LeBron James, which one is his legit count, because you're going to be able to tell if you're not an idiot, and follow him because he's LeBron James. It has nothing to do with the check. The check, like I just said, benefits the app because it makes the app more legit because otherwise we could just be in an AOL chat room with some random white dude from Kansas claiming he's LeBron James like, 
the, the days of the internet old. Like, the point of Twitter is, the, the one draw that Twitter has is that you know that that's LeBron James. So if LeBron James tweeted, he tweeted that. And yeah, sometimes celebrities have um, people tweet for them, but you can tell when they are tweeting. There's a lot of celebrities on here that are really good at Twitter. Chrissy Teigen, which I know a lot of y'all hate, but she's one of the well-known ones. Halle Berry is really good at Twitter. Rihanna's a, a inter- internet troll, period, is really good at it. I mean, those of y'all who've been on Twitter since, like, what, 2012, 2013, y'all know how Riri used to be on Twitter. When her and Tiana Taylor was going back that day, that was a time on Twitter. And her and Sierra, listen, there, if you've been on Twitter a long time, there have been there have been grand days on here, okay, um, on the app. You can follow people. People have networked. I Like, I've got my job through somebody I networked with off of Twitter. A lot of people do that. You can meet real people on here. A lot of people that got married. It's Listen, it's a real app. There's real people behind it. And that's, to me, what is different from Facebook. Because Facebook is more like a scrapbook. You got people, they put in their kids. And, you know, it's just, it's, 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 I Twitter people are not Facebook people. Facebook is old. It's behind. We live tweet on Twitter. Everything is live. It's in real time. Facebook people get on there. They want to post their kids' pictures. They want to post the funeral programs. They want to, you know. You can just tell when somebody's not on Twitter because they come showing you, oh, look, did you see this meme? And it's some shit from, like, a year ago that is old as fuck that, you know, (laughs) like... So, Twitter is unique in that way, and I just think that it's funny that now, um, the latest update is that Elon is paying, or he says he's paying, he probably just gave the blue checks back, because now he's under, like, he done laid all these people off Twitter, and all these engineers and everything, because he had the idea that, like, Jack just didn't know what he's doing. Oh, all I gotta do is come in and do all this stuff, like, all these people, all the smart people that was running Twitter prior to him just had no idea and just couldn't think of all these things. Like, they were doing the things, the way, things the way they were doing them for a fucking reason, you moron, okay? Nobody's ever gonna play for a blue check, because why would I do that? That gives me nothing. What, how, it doesn't make me famous, it doesn't make me great, if, if I'm not already, it doesn't, like, what does he, it doesn't get me a job, like, nobody, like, what, what, why would I pay for that, the only person who would pay for that is the kind of fucking thirsty ass lame that nobody likes on Twitter anyway, cause they the kind of motherfucker to try to come in your mentions, like, they important, oh, I have a blue check, therefore I can agree with you, bitch, get your fucking stupid ass out of my, I said what the fuck, I said I don't give a fuck, I don't care about this blue check and you got your PhD and your mentions and you on MSNBC. What the fuck they got to do with me, bitch? I said what the fuck I said. What you gonna do? You gonna come fight me? Get the fuck out of here. So, yeah. I just think it's funny that it seems that Elon has now come back to realize that the reason why the blue check is there in the first place because when he took it away from all the celebrities and none of them paid for it, and actually, not only did they pay for it, they actively were like, I'm not paying for your stupid-ass check. I'm the fucking... So- why, why, would a so- why would LeBron James pay to be verified on your app, you fucking dummy? It, your app is the one that needs to prove that, hey, this is LeBron James on our actual app. Yes, this is him. This is his account right here. Why would he pay you to do that? He don't give a fuck. He's like, it makes no sense. Why would any celebrity? So now it's battle <laughs> going back and forth because Elon is putting these blue checks on these people and making it seem like they pay for it. So now all celebrities like, um, 
I ain't paid for this bullshit. I don't know why this check is here. I ain't paid for it. I just want y'all to know he put this check here. I ain't paid for shit, which is a whole nother funny thing. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. Pollen is really bothering me. All right, so let's, with that, let's kind of go faster here before this takes a left turn. Okay, so this is what I really wanted to, these three things are what I really want to talk about. Um, so, and I'll save, no, yes, I'll save Snowfall for last, Snowfall series finale, which I thought was really excellent, but I have a few things I want to say about it. Um, so, these past couple weeks, if you've been on the internet, I think we've all seen, you know, a lot of TikTok videos come to Twitter, um, that's another thing that's unique about Twitter. I'm, I don't know if y'all do this on Facebook, probably do, but a lot of people post from IG, stuff that come on IG and TikTok on Twitter. And, you know, there's a lot of bleed over. I appreciate it because I'm not on TikTok nearly as much as I am on Twitter. So when people put funny stuff on there, I appreciate it. I mean, I don't got to go on TikTok. So last week, there was a, a video of a teenager and this is kind of tied, these two subjects I'm going to discuss together because they're kind of related. There was a teenager who got beat up basically by a substitute teacher. And from the video, I guess the, the substitute teacher who did not wear underwear, I'm a, I know that's, I'm going to explain that later, the teacher didn't have any underwear on. We know this because she beat up the student. And when she beat the student up, She's on the ground with the student, and you can see that she ain't had no underwear on. Whole nother topic, whole nother story. Why the lady ain't have drawers on, I don't know, but it just adds to the... It just adds to it. Why? What I'm about to say. So, you know, a lot of people watch that video, and usually it cuts down two ways when these type of things... There's two... When there's an issue with, like, children behaving or misbehaving, and... Phones in schools teach there's there's a there's a a break. There are people and I don't know who raised y'all and where y'all come from who always find a way to defend the most asinine, inappropriate, um, disrespectful, what the fuck are you doing ass behavior. They always find a way to defend it. And why, you know, the teacher was wrong and all the adults were wrong and this child is right and should be uh, accommodated and should be, you know, put on the pedestal and the rest of us. And when I watch that video, and I think I think uh, there's a lot more of the rest of us now because we are kind of fed up. Like, it's, it's enough now. Like, we done seen so much foolery and carrying on, and, and it's really getting out of hand now. And I think a lot of people are starting to step over to our side. Like, listen... Um, we need to, we need to change something, something is going on because these kids are terrible. And so I saw that video and, you know, I don't know why the substitute teacher was not wearing underwear. I have no idea that was, I, I really, they do need to get to the bottom of that. She probably got fired for that alone, which fine. You know, listen, if the teacher, teacher beat the girl up, the girl was behind, basically the girl was behind her desk wanting her phone. Now, all the other kids in the classroom filmed it, so clearly those kids had their phone. Now, the issue about phones being out in the class, I've discussed this before. I'm not arguing with y'all. It's unnecessary. I don't want to hear about how these kids need phones in the classroom from emergencies. That's fucking nonsense, okay? We done all went to school. A class is 45 minutes. We know how schools work. It's, if, 
no emergency is getting you out of that school. They still have their protocol they have to go through because they want to make sure ain't no child molester, ain't no human trafficker. It's a real emergency. You're not trying to cut school. That's really your parent. There's no school in America that's going to let a child in the classroom get a text. Oh, my mama texted me. I got to go and walk out. That's not going to happen. So cut the shit. They got to call the school up. The school has a protocol. There's probably a list of people who can pick you up. Them people got to come pick you up to take you wherever or whatever the case. Okay? Anybody's ever had a, 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 an emergency in school knows this. Okay. Or just even ain't got to be emergency. If your parent want to come pick you up, there's a protocol. Ain't nothing having that phone out in class is going to get it done any faster. It's a distraction. It's rude. It's unnecessary. But all that being said, in this particular clip, clip the other kids had their phones out. So clearly, the lady wasn't didn't require everybody to put their phone away. So this girl must have been doing something really egregious with her phone for that phone for that teacher to have taken it and be behind the desk. Now, when the video starts, the girl is already behind the teacher's desk. That right there, listen, I'm Gen X. We were raised different. We grew up different. But one thing that we, we were is we were raised, okay? We might have been, been raised from a distance. We might have been raised from afar. We might have been raised from the note on the refrigerator, but we were raised, okay? And as bad as we were and as wild as we were, none of us ever was fighting no teachers, okay? And if you did, for the kids that were want to fight teachers, y'all seen them on movies like Lean On Me and, and, and all that shit in the, in, the, in the delinquent schools down down to the center city where ain't nobody give a fuck about y'all and they just had chains on the doors and just waiting for y'all to get, the, you know, delinquents. Regular ass students was not fighting no teachers, would never fight a teacher. If we had a problem with teachers, we tell our parents, they come up there and we better have been right about it. You better not have been rude or disrespectful. You better be a legitimate beef or that's your ass. So, the substitute teacher, she's behind the desk where she ain't got no place in. You already wrong. You already strong. You already wrong. You already disrespecting this lady because you're a student. Go sit your ass down. If that lady took the phone and you really got an issue with it, you go talk to the principal, whoever. That is a grown-ass woman. You're not supposed to be behind the desk, but y'all don't teach y'all kids a fucking thing. And y'all not teaching y'all kids that... Look, just because you run around in this house screaming and hollering, acting all wild to me, and I'm afraid to discipline you because the psychiatrist told me if I fucking tell you no, then, you know, it's going to crush your spirit. I don't know what the fuck y'all be doing. But people out in the street don't give a fuck about your kids like that. And there's a saying back in the day, it kind of went out of style with, with us, but it's coming back now. Saying back in the day, they say, I'll whip your ass if your daddy won't. What that means is if you don't teach your children, how to behave and how to how to conduct themselves with other people and how to be respectful of the people and how to stay in a child's place and how to behave around adults. If you don't teach them, everybody out in the world don't give a fuck about your child the way you do, okay? You let your child run your household and talk to you any kind of way and scream and holler in your face. People in the street, they, they ain't, ain't going to do that. They're going to knock your kid the fuck out. And that's what you saw in this video. This lady, she kept telling the girl, go sit down, go sit down. The girl just trying to book for a child, trying to bully this grown-up because clearly ain't nobody ever whooped your ass because people that had their ass whooped at least once don't even act like that around people. Like Eva said on, like Ava said on Abbott Elementary, the key to never having your ass whooped is to know who will whoop your ass. And that is, <laughs> that is a word because that would be what the problem with these new kids they don't know who will whoop their ass, okay? Because they ain't never had their ass whooped. So, 
she tussling with the lady. The substitute teacher turns around and says, "Don't." she going to raise her hand like she going to hit the teacher. Teacher say, don't you put your hands on me. And the girl went and tried to hit her. And that teacher turned around and whooped her fucking ass. Whooped her ass. Had her down on the ground. And he's like, she ain't got to whoop the girl like that. No, she probably, maybe she don't. Maybe she don't. But I bet you that girl won't raise her hand to nobody else. Because if you don't teach your children how to behave in school, some or, or how to behave, period, if somebody else will. Okay, and that lady whooped that girl's ass, and 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 didn't nobody do nothing about. It. She on the she on the ground getting her head bashed. Talking about you're not gonna do. That. All the other students were sitting there, which told me, filming it, which and then after like a little while, when they seen the teacher really really gonna get off her, they was like, all right, somebody gonna get a teacher. But that told me that they knew that girl deserved that because we've seen other videos where the kids be like, all right, that's enough jumping. You know, listen. Them kids sat there for a reason, okay? And I just, look, we're tired. You motherfuckers need to start parenting your children. You're not parenting your children. You're not teaching them anything. You're not guiding them any kind of way. You're letting them do whatever the fuck you want to do because y'all got all this therapy speaking, therapy talk, and y'all done went to all these fucking therapists to telling y'all this shit. Now y'all kids acting just like these wild-ass white children. For a reason, okay? You're trying to be your kid's friends. You're not holding them responsible. You're not teaching them anything. You're not holding them accountable. And when they get grown-ups, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a problem because society, they are not, they got all these police and they got all these jails and they're not going to be talking to your grown-ass child who doesn't know how to follow directions and who thinks they can buck up on anybody. They're just going to shoot the motherfuckers or they're going to put them to fucking jail and they're going to have records because you didn't do your job. Y'all are failing your children. Your children should not be raising their hands to adults, period. Let alone teachers. Y'all are taking this shit too far. You can teach your children how to not be... But my father and all of us in Gen X, we know. Our parents taught us, look, you don't, you know, you don't want to get molested like Dudley on, on different strokes. So, you know, you don't let nobody touch you. You know, teaching, teaching you. You don't have to let... You don't have to acquiesce just because somebody's an adult. If you something is wrong or you know they're disrespecting you, they're talking to you crazy, they're just going over the line, then... You can stand up for yourself, yes. But that's different than what the fuck y'all are doing now where y'all don't have no respect for adults, y'all don't have no respect for authority. Y'all think that, you know, you're, you're on the same level with grown-ups, you know, you're trying to swing on adults, and then when the adult want to slap the snot out of you, then you want to act shocked. You're a little kid. I'm not a child. I'm not your mama, I'm not your auntie. Everybody's not going to be patient with you. I'm, I might assume that if you in this schoolhouse acting like this, ain't nobody never taught you nothing. So it's not going to do me no good to pick up the phone and call your mother or call your father and say, hey, they down here acting up. Because when we was in school, listen, that, that was what you avoided at all fucking costs, bitch. Having your parents called because you was acting, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, hell no. Gen X, we was never going for that because that meant that our independence was going to be curtailed. That meant that we was going to be on some type of punishment and not be able to do what the fuck we wanted to do with our time. And that was never going to happen, bitch. So it, that's why we fought after school. Three o'clock, cross the street. No fighting on school grounds unless it was egregious. That's why. 
Because the last thing we wanted to do, lit bitch, you can, I don't give a fuck. You could put handcuffs on me, take me down to the goddamn jail. I will spend a weekend in jail before I will have you call my father down to this school because I was talking crazy to a teacher. And there have been times, a couple times, where I did have issues with a teacher and I would go tell my father and I didn't, it wasn't willy nilly because, like we said, you better not be in the wrong. You better not tell your mother or your father that this teacher was doing this, this, and that. And you come down there and find out you ain't did your homework in two weeks and you've been talking and the lady used... Listen, it better have been legit. And a couple times it was legit that I told my father to come down there. And one time was in sixth grade. And after he did, I ain't had no more problems out that lady. Because she was bugging. But, um, you know, y'all, y'all, you're taking it too far. When... When we were children, yes, children act up. Children do these things. We understand, but we were always taught that you, when you're out in public and when you're around other people, you can't, you have to behave in a certain way. Y'all act like kids just don't have no responsibility, no accountability. They can't be made to dis- to, to, to contain themselves. They can- And that's bullshit. People all over the country raise their children. Hey, when we're in the airport, we're in the restaurant, you sit down here. You don't yell. You're not running around. We're not in the living room. We're out. Everybody else here is out trying to have a nice meal, have a good time. We have come here to eat. You sit here. You color on your little menu. You eat your food. You're not running around. You're not going to different people's table like this is not home. You're in school. You sit there during that 45 minutes. You listen and you don't talk to the bell ring. When y'all go to recess, when y'all go to lunch, that's when y'all can let loose. In the classroom, it's not the time. That's not the time to be sitting there. And I used to, and you, I used to get in trouble for talking all the time because I used to do, I used to do my work and I never thought it was that hard. And once I was done, and I wasn't the only one, you know, we get to, you know, talking sometime. Or I just would talk, listen, look. You, 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 this is the kid that always got the A's, but got the, the remarks that I, I talked too much in class. That was me. So I understand, but still I knew that I was in class and so did the rest of us. And, 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 and we were raised to when we are out in public and, and in certain environments that we just, you don't behave the way you want to behave. You in church, you sit here and you be quiet. Yes, we know you tired, you bored. Here go a piece of candy. Here go you look here. Here go you look comfortable. You bring, you know, here. That's not being taught anymore. These children are just running wild. They're reckless. They have no respect for anybody. They think everybody is their peer. They don't think that they have to respect any... And, and, and it's leading to a bad end, and it's going to get worse. These teachers, all the ones that have any sense, already retire and quitting anyway because they're tired of be- dealing with your badass kids because they can't do anything to them because you're going to be up in the school arguing that somebody's trying to discipline your kids. So... What y'all gonna be stuck with was a bunch of these teachers that show up to school with no drawers. I don't even know what I don't know what goes on in the mind of a bitch that shows up to a school with no underwear on. But I know it ain't the one I want to throw a punch at. She don't give a fuck clearly, and that's gonna be who in there with y'all fucking badass kids. And we gonna and, and listen, we gonna see. The next school shoot might be from a teacher, bitch. I'm saying I know that's. I don't mean no harm, but like, hey, it might be. You know, because they want to arm the teachers now, which is a terrible idea. Because, you know, teachers ain't, these, these new teachers might not, you know, they not like Miss, you know, Miss Willis and Miss James and Mr. Mr. Morgan and them. You know, they don't have the patience. They don't have the skill set. They don't have the, you know, the all the training that the old teachers used to get. They, these, these motherfuckers now is off the street. And you might get, your little badass son might get shot. I don't know. So...
that leads me into my next discussion. And I really, 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 really have been wanting to talk about this. It's actually been burning me because I've been tired of y'all dragging my man all week. And I am going to step up a defense counsel for Buddy that was yelling for the baby to be quiet on the plane. Listen. First of all, that TikTok was fucking hilarious. I watched that thing so many times and laughed. So it was so many different things. He went in. And the reason why it was so funny, and I know, listen, if you are a person and want to call him a man, baby, and look, look, that we're not on the same side. And, and I'm going to tell you why. And it ties into what I just said prior about people are not parenting their children and they're not showing their children teaching their children that you are in a public place. There are other people here who are here to have fun and for their comfort or to get to where they're going to. And we all have to cooperate to make this a decent experience as much as possible. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a clip from Southwest airlines that was um, on TikTok, And I just want to say the guy filming the, 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 the thing, that was totally me. Had that incident happened, yeah, he was like, listen, I would do the same thing. Like, yo, I know he was like, this shit is hilarious. I have got to document it. <laughs> that would have been me. There's a plane that is, is flying into, I think they said Fort Lauderdale, but it was in a holding pattern because they couldn't land. I think I th- they said weather. I can't, they said why, but it had been circling the airport. And if you've ever been on a plane that, I've been on a plane a couple times where either because of air traffic control or something like that, we couldn't land. And so we just circling and that shit, that, and also if you ever been in a plane and you taxiing because it's backed up and you just taxi and taxi and taxi in circles trying to, Oh boy, that's very, very frustrating, especially after a long flight. If you done sat in a long fucking three, four, five hour flight and you just want to land and you can't, very frustrating, okay? So that's the context. They were trying to fly in, and they had been circling the airport because they couldn't land. So the man is yelling. Well, I, I'm not going to say he's yelling. He was speaking loudly. What happened was he, he was complaining because there was a child. And y'all keep saying baby. That was not baby crying. People are like, well, baby's crying. They get the ear pressure in the ear. That was not infant crying. We all know what babies cry sound like. That was a toddler cry. That was a three, two, three, four year old cry. Didn't sound five because five year olds they they talk more. This was a this was a two, three, maybe four cry. A toddler cry. That was not a baby. He was calling it a baby, but it wasn't a baby. Um, an infant anyway. That was not a because babies cry. They got the eh, you know that that high pitched. And it's a whale type. This was just, a, it was stopping, it was crying, it was screaming, it was it was a toddler. And he was asking the, this is this is the part of the video that, that the people who want to call him an asshole and all this shit miss. He was, yes, he was, he, he was yelling about the baby, but he was not yelling. He was, he said the baby was crying for 40 minutes. But what his complaint was, was that the baby was crying for 40 minutes, so the, he had on his headphones and he said he was asleep. The baby was crying nonstop for 40 minutes while they're circling this airport and nobody was trying to hush the child or settle the child down. That's what he was complaining about. People want to talk about it's an infant and baby cry. Yes, I was on the flight 
Oh my God. I was on a flight from New York to LA. There was a newborn. I don't know if he's a newborn. It's a baby on the plane. The baby cried. Nobody. It was an. Nobody complained. I mean, yes, was it annoying? But I put my headphones on. But we understand. Uh, infant. It's the pressure. We get it. You can't. I mean, the mom. But the mom. You know, was trying. She. She had that. She was trying to attend to the baby. She put the plug in. But I mean, he just was crying off and on, not nonstop, but enough in this flight. But we understood. It's the infant. I guess she had to fly the baby. We got it. Nobody, you know, was huffing. Everybody had their headphones. Like, okay, fine. But again, the baby wasn't crying nonstop. Like, he would cry, you know, then she would put him to sleep. And then he, you know, he'd wake, Some, I guess the pressure or something was waking him up. And he would, you know, do the little cry. But then he would, but he was crying for a good portion of the flight. But not for like 45 minutes straight. The man wanted them to try to settle the, the baby. And the reason I know that, that that's what he was complaining. Listen, when he said, oh, did that baby get paid extra to yell? Boy, I almost, I, I about fell the fuck out. But then, the thing that really made me laugh, though, is when they're trying to get him the quiet. They're, they're trying to tell him to be quiet. And then I guess, I think it was the guy who, who might have been his baby. I don't know who it was, but it was somebody ahead of him that turns around and says, oh, well, now, trying to be, trying to be tough now, because, you know, everybody, the, um, just leave it, the, um, you know, the, the, the flight attendants and everybody is, is around the guy, so now he's gonna get bold, and he says, he's like, oh, I, well, now you're bothering me now, he was like, I don't give a fuck, fuck you, you ain't say a fucking thing when that baby was crying for 40 fucking minutes, just leave it, thank you, um, was crying for 40 fucking minutes, right, so that shit was funny to me, so, um, sorry about yelling at you, every time I get on here, somebody come to the fucking door, and they can't just leave the fucking package like I ask them, um, so, yeah, um, so, um, what was I saying, this nigga done threw me the fuck off, um, oh, so he, so, so, he wants them to ask the people to quiet the child. That's what he was complaining. And I know that because the one, the third, um, the black lady flight attendant rushed over. She was like, sir, we can't help it. That's not our baby. We can't do anything. It's like, that's not true. Yes, you can. You can go there and you can say, ma'am, here, here's a, here's some peanuts. Here's a soda. Can, you know, is there anything? Why are you on a plane with a baby, with a child? And I see this all the time. They don't bring anything to entertain them. They don't have the iPad. They don't have toys. They don't have nothing. It's a child. They're going to start crying. They're going to start. I've been on the plane with the child's running up and down the aisle and just hollering and screaming. And, and the parents do absolutely nothing. Fortunately for me, though, I've been on the flights where the flight attendants will come and be like, ma'am, do, do you want to soak? Is there something we can do? Can you plead? Can you quiet the baby down? Does he need to walk? Like, they, because they're. We, it's a plane full of people. Everybody on this plane is trying to be comfortable. And we cannot, with you just want to sit there and let your child holler. 45 minutes is a long fucking time. And y'all trying to make this, he was frustrated. And should he have been yelling at, no. But this is what we need y'all to understand. And I don't even, I keep people saying people with no kids. It ain't just people with no kids. Because it's people with kids too. Like I said, you need to teach your children how to behave. Okay, and if you and if they're of an age where they're gonna, you know that there's gonna be an issue, 
bring something. What this child is just crying for 45 minutes and you're not doing anything and everybody else on the plane is supposed to be cool? No. And I see that shit all the time. And that's why he said that the baby paid a yell because, ma'am, I paid for the seat. You air, airplane tickets are astronomical. And I paid for my Delta Plus economy. I paid 800 700 how much dollars for this ticket so I could be comfortable and everything. And you just and you think I'm going to sit here and listen to this child just holler for 45 minutes and his parents are sitting there doing fucking nothing and I'm just supposed to be okay with it? And when I have a problem, you're going to come sit in me like I'm having the problem with your yelling. So is the baby. And I, you couldn't argue with him because his point was, okay, you acting like I'm bothering the plane because I'm yelling, but this baby been yelling for 45 minutes and ain't nobody said a fucking thing. He bothering the plane too, but I'm yelling. I'm the issue. Listen, I'm his defense attorney. I, 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 look, we are tired of your fucking children. Teach your kids how to behave. Teach it, you, they running through the airport. They running through the restaurant. They knocking people's table over. They hollering. They yelling. They don't, you're not teaching them anything. It's not about the child. Yeah, yes, we know a child's going to cry. But I don't think it's reasonable to expect people, in, like he said, he was like, no, you want to use logic? Let's lose logic. We in a tin fucking can, all of us trapped here, uncomfortable as that is, but trying to have some smooth ride and this kid is just yelling for 45 fucking minutes and nobody's going to do anything. And the reason I know that's why, because soon as they went down there, that if you notice, if you watch the whole TikTok, soon as he went down there, the baby quieted down. So what that told me is they never said nothing. And that's what he was complaining about. He was complaining about go down there and ask them to quiet the baby. Cause he kept saying, please quiet the baby. Please quiet the baby. So nobody was going to say anything. And just because y'all motherfuckers want to sit around and grit your teeth for 45 minutes, I know I was asleep. I had my fucking headphones on. Who knows? That could have been the last leg. of He could have been around. All, all I know is we are tired of everything got to revolve around your badass kids. Because this is a child, I'm just supposed to sit here and, and just be stressed the fuck out because he's fucking hollering. And God forbid I say, because he was like, oh, but you a man. Okay, that's a fucking child. Tell him to be quiet. If he stop yelling, I stop yelling. Listen, I understood everything he was saying. Hey, maybe he didn't have to yell. Hey, I, people said he cussed the baby out. He didn't really cuss the baby out. He just was saying the fuck. He kept saying the fucking baby. <laughs> Yo, that shit was funny to me. I thought it was funny. And I think that there's a lot more people, maybe we ain't going to yell like that, but I feel like there's a lot more people that felt exactly what he was saying. We are tired of y'all not teaching y'all kids. How many times have you been in the airport on the plane? These motherfuckers ripping and running and, and, and not sitting down like, dog, we on a plane. We on a plane. Sit the fuck down. What are you doing? They don't let you, they'll tell you to sit down. There's like certain times when your seatbelt, you have to stay in your seat. And if you get up, the motherfucker damn near tackle you back into your seat. You might have to pee or whatever. They don't give a damn. But the kid is just ripping and running, ripping and running. And God, like I said, I have always been on a flight though with, with the, the um, air, the, 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 um, flight attendants be like, ma'am, your son has to sit in the seat. He has to put a seatbelt on. He can't be running around. The captain will take the seat off as soon as he can, but till then, y'all got to sit the fuck down. And they'll hand them little books. Here you go. You some Pete. Look, you get it together. Thank God. And so that's why I got what he was saying, because clearly they weren't. They were just going to let the, the baby holler with the lie. Oh, well, he's a baby. Yeah. He's a baby. And kids... And babies, they holler. They do kid shit. You know how you get them to not do that? You teach them. Hey, 
We don't holler like this nonstop. Do you is what is your problem? Do you want a soda? Are you tired? I know we're all tired, babe. The plane we can't land. We're gonna land as soon as we can. You know, can you be a big boy? Let's see how long you can how long you can not cry. Like raise your children. That's all we trying to get y'all to do. Raise your fucking children. Parent your children. Stop just letting them do whatever. You're failing your kid. You're not to. Yeah, he's going to holler because ain't nobody telling them not to. What is the problem? Are you hurt? Do you have to go to the bathroom? Can he go to the bathroom? If he goes to the bathroom, he'll stop hollering. Like, so, counsel for the defense, I, I throw it to the jurors now. If y'all think it's reasonable for a child to just be allowed to holler on a plane while we circling with nobody even going to try to attempt to get him to, to be quiet to where he done holler through my headphones or holler me out my, out my sleep, y'all think that's reasonable, then, you know, vote guilty. But if you don't, we going home. All right. And so that leads me to the last thing I want to talk about, and it's the series finale of Snowfall. I thought that series finale was so good. I thought it was so excellent. I thought it was so well done. And I say that as somebody who watched Snowfall from the beginning to the end and thought that it got a little off the rails, a whole lot off the rails the past, I want to say, two, three seasons. Now, some of that was because John Singleton passed away, rest in peace. And, you know, they had to, I guess, try to carry on with what he wanted to do, you know, but without his voice. And so, you know that's going to change the tone. I just feel like the first season and, and the second season had a different tone. They t- kind of turned into power where it was more about, you know, the first season, the second, Snowfall was about, if, you, if you're not familiar with the show, it comes on FX, you should watch an excellent show. It is a loosely based on the true story of um, Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross, not the rapper, who um, in the early 80s, as we've investigation has shown the CIA, dropped uh, a, a drugs in South Central L.A. Um, to pay for their war against the Contras in, in, in Central America. And Rick Ross um, uh, was, the, was one of the, was the main dealer who was in business with the CIA to do, to do these, to transport these drugs. So it's just loosely based on that. And from that, the whole crack, um, because if people of I'm Gen X, and I remember, like, this is, I remember this, like, we, we lived through this, so we keep trying to tell y'all all the time, like, y'all with this cocaine and these hard drugs, like, look, we see where that's gonna lead, but crack, though, started, and I remember, it started on the West Coast, like, we had, when, when I was younger, like, when we were little kids in the 70s, cocaine was a big deal, you know, it was a, it was a the rich drug that, you know, nobody thought it was a dangerous drug, but rock started out west, and it kind of it's the first thing that kind of started west and came east. Most things start east and go west, but because the CIA did what they did, they purposely went to LA and dropped it. It started out there, and I remember you know hearing about crack and start seeing it, and then you know it just hit like a bomb. But so this is loosely based on that, and the point of it is called Snowfall, and John, it's John Singleton um, created it, and he created it, the point of it was to show, to chronicle, because we keep trying to tell y'all kids, and y'all act like y'all know, you know, y'all think we lying, or we making this shit up, the crack era was terrible, it was the worst of motherfucking times, we all still got PTSD from it, I mean, I can think, I can, I can just now talking about it, 
feel myself stressing up and tensing up the way I used to be when I was in, you know, back then. I, I can I can feel myself tensing up just because you had to always be on alert, just just talking about it. It was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible time. Um, and so that was what the show was supposed to be about. It was supposed to show how devastating the crack era was, how devastating what they did to us with dropping them drugs in, in the inner cities, in the inner communities, how devastating it was, how many lives were destroyed, and how the neighborhoods were destroyed. And we are still feeling the ramifications of today because, um, let me tell you, the crack may be struck, but not in the way that we anticipated. Um, and so... John Singleton died. To, so the first season I thought was really good. It showed because it showed how, how even though the we didn't have a lot of money and maybe you know, but people had were middle class and well now we look probably working class, lower middle class. We didn't know that. We know that now. But back then, whatever people had their their jobs and they had nice homes and the neighborhood was okay. Maybe you know you had some crime and they always had that. Um, my dad and this is just from the old heads telling me they were like in the fifties and sixties the heroin used to be really bad, but they were like. But the one thing that I I just really remember, and I've told y'all my dad's story. I'm gonna tell y'all a little more today. But the one thing I really remember from like I want to say like eighty. When crack really started, like, really taking... Because it seemed like one minute we heard about crack, but it wasn't that bad. And then it seemed like the next minute, it was just everywhere. And shit was just crazy everywhere. And nobody could really, like, what the fuck happened? And it just really was fast. And I feel like, in my memory, 83, no. 84, no. I feel like it was, like, 85, 86 when people was like, what the fuck is going on? What, what is all these people on this stuff? Everybody's on this fucking drug. Motherfuckers is abandoning their kids. Everybody's stealing everything that ain't nailed down. There's crackheads everywhere. Night living base heads. I feel like it was like 85, 86 when that started. Like just the flip of a switch. And I just remember, and I remember like when it did all like, so my father and people hit him. So my dad is a baby boomer. Well, no, is he? No, he's not. He was born in 43, so the war wasn't over yet. But people that was grown when we was in the 80s, I don't know. My dad was born in 43, grown-ass people. You know what I mean? When we was, I was 10, 11, 12, 13, the people that was grown. So they would have been around in like the, you know, they would have been young in the 60s and the 70s. Like my dad would have been 20 and 63. So them niggas, they were like, we, we, we seen heroin, you know, 55, all the all the musicians, like, heroin came through, like, we know heroin, but they all, and my dad, you know, I done told you, my dad was a, my dad was a player, a big time player, and all, I'm talking about, all, all them dudes, the, 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 the lottery, the, the, the number runners, the players, the, the all, any kind of, like, all of them, plus just the regular people that was just out here, was like, we ain't never seen no shit like this, they, them, them, they, when the heroin was out here like that, yeah, it was, they was, it was bad, but they was like, but they wasn't like this. The heroin addicts don't, they, they still, the heroin addicts from what they told us, I don't know what they told us. They were like, but they were still able, they would pick, they still raise their children and pick their kids up. And, you know, it wasn't like this unless they got bad, bad, you know, the cons that just be out in the street. But they were like, it was people, you know, Billy Holiday, like it was a lot of music, you know, raining them. Yeah, eventually got bad, but they was like, people would do heroin, but they wasn't 
like this. These motherfuckers out here. And I just always remember saying, they were like, we ain't never seen no shit like this. And this is coming from people that dealt cocaine, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, dealt weed, you know, and these ain't coming from no church folks. This is coming from people that was like street-ish or in the streets. Like, we ain't never seen what the, I don't know what, this crack is crazy. This crack is crazy. I remember that. And, 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 the, and, like, the reason that Snowfall was so good, because the show, when the show, when the show started out, Franklin was in school. He was a school kid, and that's what I tell. That's what I try to explain to people. Y'all don't understand. Now it's different. Now the criminals and the people in the street we dealing with are the ones that broke, that got broke under under crack. The ones who grew up with no parents. The ones whose moms was on that stuff. The ones who you know, y'all y'all the ramifications. But when we started. I tell people, I went to school, and I went to a good school. I didn't go to no Mr. Clark at school. But, and, and the part of Philadelphia that I'm from, I'm from, if you know Philadelphia, you'll know. I'm from East Oak Lane, West Oak Lane, Mount Airy, that area of the city. Back then, back in the 70s and 80s, that was the area in the 60s and the 50s. And now still kind of, but not so much as back then. That was an area of the city where the black people who with good jobs, who made good money. It wasn't the suburbs. It was in the city, but it was kind of like, compared to some other areas of the city, you might have thought it was the suburbs. Like I said, we had a front yard, backyard, garage, grapevines, all that, but we were in the city. But that area of the city, it's the northwest um, area of the city, up by Sheltonham Township, like I said, Mount Airy, East Oak Lane, um, Walnut, um, Chestnut Hill, that area, that's where I'm from, and that area was historically in Philadelphia, which is a black city, that's where the people, the black people, the doctors, you know, the lawyers, the city workers, and I'm talking about, like, not just random clerks, I'm talking about, like, you run, you know, run SEPTA, which is Philly's version of MTA, or, like, you know, you work for the mayor, you the mayor, you know, those type of people, that's, that's, that's the area of the city I'm from, and so, when I say that, it was regular middle class people. So in Philadelphia, some of the biggest kingpins and biggest drug deals and biggest players came from where I'm from. Not from the inner city, not from North Philly, South Philly, where they, you know, wasn't a lot of money down there. There's poorer areas of the city from up where I'm from. And the reason why is we so we were middle class, solid middle class. Now that I know more a little bit about money, I realize some people were not, you know. But that we were solid middle class. I mean, you had people back then. I want you know, 83, 80s, 80s making. You know, your mom made. You know, maybe she worked for the mayor. She might have made 75, 80 grand a year back in the 80s. And your dad, you know, I don't know. Maybe he worked for SEPTA. He made probably like that was a lot of money back in the 80s. So you you doing well. You know, you got nobody missing no meals. Y'all got two cars. You know, that's the area of the city that I came from. But the way that crack was working. You could make 75 grand in one day. And so a lot of boys that I knew and, and, and some girls too that I knew, the kingpins, the junior black mafias and the, and, the, and the drug crews that we all know came from the middle class. They didn't come. That was, you know, and that's, I like how Snowfall showed that. Franklin was a regular dude. They had a house, Louie and them, that, you know, Jerome had a little record store, a little, what, he was trying to get the record store, like, they, you know, these was regular folks. And that's how it started. And it ended, it got so bad that it ended up to, y'all see what, what, how, what the inner cities was looking like around 91, 92, 93. That's how fast it went. And, and I thought the first two seasons, they showed Franklin's little girlfriend, how she got hooked on drugs, because that's what would happen, yo. Like, 
people would start smoking crack because ain't nobody know it was going to be crack, you know, because they had all taken on this cocaine, and cocaine was the party drug. So, oh, you know, but you couldn't afford it. And, and it was kind of like a cachet. So then when people were able to afford it, they start smoking crack. And I'm telling you, man, you, you people would start smoking crack in April. And, and, and you see them, and you wouldn't see them no more. Like, hey, where's Shonda? We ain't seen Shonda. Nobody's seen Shonda. Come May, June, you downtown or you just whatever. You outside somewhere, you see some like, what the fuck? Some, some poor, dusty-looking, bad-down, skinny, dirty, look like they just walk in the street. Now, who the fuck is that? That's fucking Shonda. She, on, she been on that fucking crack since April. She ain't at home. Nobody don't know where her kid's at. She done stole from her grandmama. Grandmama put out. Like, it was that bad, yo. People selling their bodies for drugs. Like, they had no money. So they fucking people for drugs. They giving, letting drug dealers. Y'all saw New Jack City. That was real. Letting drug dealers use their apartment to stash money and stash drugs just so they could get free rock. Letting them, and, and you know what? Let me throw my teenage daughter into You want to fuck her? Sure. Like, it, listen. These things were happening. These things were going on. It was terrible, and nobody was, I mean, I told y'all, my father's business was in West Philly, again, if you know Philly, um, my dad's business was in the Cobbs Creek area, so he was on 60th, and, um, we was on 60th Street, um, between Pine and Osage, is that right? Yes. So, not quite, some people call that area Southwest, but that's not Southwest. Southwest, to me, is not till you, till you cross over, um, um, what's that, 59th Street, no, it's Lansdowne, what is that over there, Washington Ave, it's not to you, to me, when I say Southwest Philadelphia, I'm talking on the other side of Washington Ave, where, where my dad's store was, that's Cobbs Creek, um, but that, so that's, what, so that was, during, during these times, that was the heart of the crack, I mean, it was bad, bad, it got bad, bad, people that worked for my father was on that stuff, this one lady, I'm not sure if I told y'all this story, um, she, got on it so bad, she turned into what we call, we call them strawberries, crack prostitutes, basically, they fuck you for crack, not even money, just give me crack and I'll fuck you, she ended up getting murdered, I think I told y'all the story before, we don't know what happened, nobody knew what happened with her, she was missing for a long, long time, maybe not so, I can't remember, it was still over the summer, so I feel like maybe from like April, right about now, she was missing for a while, and the only reason we found her is because when it started getting hot, it was just a smell in this lot that was like, um, down the street and around the corner, there's a smell in this lot, and people, you know, was like, probably figured it was like a body in there, but we didn't know who, it turned out, they opened the trunk of the cars in the lot, and it was her, so she had been strangled, throat cut, everything, that's somebody, I knew her, and she had a kid, she had a baby, worked for my dad, so, and it was other people, you know, my dad used to be the spot, like I, I think I told y'all before, because my dad used to be a player, I told y'all, and, um, a real player, like, and I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, I mean, he's been, I guess I could say now, but, <laughs> I mean, I, I know my, my father, I, 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 I know now, like, things that I didn't know, that I, I suspected, or that I knew it was more to the story that I know for sure now, and, and, because people have told me, and just, like, I know more now, so I understand, and then matching it up to little stories that he told me, like, like, my dad, when I was younger, I told y'all, my dad used to be gone sometimes, it seemed like really long to me, because I was young, but I'm thinking now, maybe, it, maybe he would be gone for, like, a week or two, a month at the time, but he would be gone sometimes, and I never knew where he was, they would say, you know, he's, they would tell me whatever, and I never knew where he was, but I, rem I do remember 
and this is this is related to Snowfall because this one conversation we had one time, and I rem- I always remember this conversation because you know, and my dad would tell me a lot of stories. Some of them I ain't really believe because I was like, yo, you putting a lot on that nigga. But some stories he told me I believed, and not only do I believe later, I would through other information or through something else confirm. But this one day, so my dad took me to school every day. Every day, you know, we would drive from where I, I went to school in Westfield. I went to school in um, Overbrook Park, um, which is over by, um, right on City Line Avenue, over by Lower Man. Like, if you know where Friends Central is, if you keep going down City Line Avenue towards West on City Line Avenue, past Friends Central, um, out if you keep going straight, you'll go out to, like, Lower Marinette area. I, that's where I went to school at. I went to school in Overbrook Park. So where we lived at in the city, we would get on the boulevard and get off at City Line, and it's a straight shot down City Line to where I went to school. So that was our drive every day. And uh, and this was, like, whenever George Bush Sr. was president, was that, 88, I think? Yeah, he's a one-term president. When did when Bill Clinton? Yeah, it would have had 88 because Bill Clinton got elected in, what, 91, 92? 88, 91, yeah, 88. Um, and I remember when George Bush got elected, my father said he, he, he was, and this is in the height of the 88 was if you, if you, my age, y'all know 88 was one of them years. It was like the height, height of, of, I mean, Nas got a whole album just about 88, right? Like 80, I'm going to tell y'all the key crack years. I'm 85, 88, 90, 91. Those were the hot years. 88 for sure. Um, and he told me, we were driving along, I don't recall what was on the radio, but it was something on the radio, something had happened. I, oh, you know what it was? I do remember. It was the Iran-Contra hearings, when all that Oliver North stuff went down, whatever year that was. And that was on the TV every day. My dad watched that intently, and I still, I was like, I mean, you know, my dad would watch stuff, but like, he watched that shit, like my nana and them was watching Young and the Restless, and I just was like, I mean, I know it was on the news, but I was like, why you watch, like, he, all day he was watching, I'm like, he ain't really watched stuff like that, like, he watched news, but not like that, like, he watched it like we watched the OJ trial, and I was just, I never understood it, and then, like, one day we were riding, and he was like, yo, I can't remember what came up, but it, it had something to do with that and George Bush, and he was like, George Bush is the biggest drug dealer, that motherfucker used to, it, we used to, um, fly drugs he, cause he used to head the CIA, and my dad, and this is before, this is before all the shit that we know now about what the CIA did in the hood, and the stuff that Maxine Waters found out, this is before we knew that, this is when it was just like a rumor, well you know how black people, who you think bring these drugs in, you know, it, but it was like, but my dad was saying, he was like, see, George Bush ran, he ran the CIA, he bought all them drugs in, they bought all them drugs in, they know where the fuck this drugs is coming from, they the ones bringing them in, and I was just like, ah, he, okay, but I never dismissed that story because I did know my dad, I didn't meet all my dads, I knew all my dads, like, around away friends, but it was only certain, he had certain other friends that he would introduce me to, but only a few, and so I knew if he introduced me to them, they were, they were important, and so his one, he had a guy, he was this white guy, a lawyer, his name was, he called him Scotty, and he had, my dad had a bunch of friends in Miami, his, his 
friend named Abdul, who when we go to Miami, we stay at Abdul's house. I didn't at the time know why we was going to Miami. Now I know now. But we used to go to Miami, Abdul, and this dude, Scotty. And Scotty was a lawyer in Miami. And I mean, he was a lawyer. He was, hey, he was, I know now, he used to rep all the drug dealers. But he was a lawyer in Miami. White dude, Scotty, real cool though, real nice. Like, again, he, if he, he didn't introduce me to just anybody. So I knew if he introduced me, this dude was cool. And Scotty was cool. He was nice. He was funny guy. He had, you know, he would wear, um, it was Miami, so I would notice this, but he would wear these um, crocodile cowboy boots, like Crocs, like them joints that cost like seven, dollars $8,000 back in like the 80s. So, and he was a lawyer. He was a straight-up lawyer. And, but he ended up dying in a plane crash. And I remember when he digs, my dad was like upset about it. He had to go to, he went to Florida. He was like, oh man, Scotty passed. And I don't know how long he knew Scotty or how, but I just knew that he was a good friend of his because if he introduced him to me, and he introduced him to me and my stepmom, who's my dad's wife. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, we knew, I knew he was, I knew this was a, a, an important person. Because he don't just introduce anybody to us. So, he had to go down for the funeral and everything. And then he just told me he died in a plane crash. So, later, as I'm older now, and I've heard different stories, I put things together. I realized Scotty was an attorney. He was an attorney for every, like, I'm talking about the, 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 Griselda Blanco, the big time Pablo Escobar, he was that attorney for those guys, and that's how my dad knew him, and um, that's what they were doing, I, I realize that now, because people had come up to me at different times, and now that I'm older and my dad has passed away, and they'd be like, yeah, you know, we used to buy, we used to buy bricks from your father, we used to buy, and I was like, huh, yeah, back in the 70s, he was like one of the only dudes, because back then, you had to have a, like I said, cocaine was a high, you had to have a, a connect, and, and, and not just anybody had it back then, that's how crack changed in crack, all you had to do was get a little bit of cocaine, boil it up, cook it, make some rock, keep doing that, keep doing that, within a month or two, you, you was making like millions of dollars, like that's how crack changed the game, but people would tell me like, yeah, your dad, like he, he was a connect, like he was one of the few dudes that if you needed a 5 or 10 keys, he could get it for you, now I realize I'm putting the pieces together, that's how he knew Scotty because they were working with Pablo and them down in Colombia at the time and bringing that shit through. And, and that's how, that's what he would, when he would disappear sometimes, I realize now, cause that's what they were doing. And that's what Scotty died in a plane crash. That's what he, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, 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 T, a, a, a you know, a Delta plane to crash. It was a, a transport plane that crashed. And I know that, because I saw the story on the news. I just didn't know at the time that that's what I was seeing. But um, it was some random report of some plane that had crashed. And, you know, they found whatever they found. I can't remember. But I remember seeing that story in the news. Um, and so, and another, the last time I remember is when he was in a hospital. And I guess he knew he wasn't coming out, and he was telling me, he was just tell, you know, he was just talking to me and telling me random stuff, but he, he said, I can't remember how it came up this time, but he started talking about Miami, when he used to be in Miami, and I knew that he used to be in Miami, he was like, he was telling me, he was like, man, we didn't know, he was like, I, we had, so I wish we would have bought some property down there, he was like, but we was down there, man, it was, because Miami didn't, back then, Miami is basically built by the drug traffickers, but in the 70s and 80s, it was like a vacation, red state, you know, country-ass spot, nothing but swamp, and that's what he was saying, he was like, man, 
they used to have real estate down there for so cheap. He was like, man, we could have bought all of Miami Beach. He said, man, stuff down there was so, but we just ain't know. We ain't know this was going to be. He was like, it was a swamp. It was just where we, you know, he ain't say what he, what he was, but I knew what he was saying. He was like, we was just down there to do, and we would just fly back, you know. And he said that to me in the hospital. So that's said, no, I was like, oh, you know, he was like, man, if we would have bought that stuff, man, I would have been really leaving you some shit. Like, that. he did say that. So, um, I said all that to say that the early drug game, that's what it was. And then crack came. And just like they showed in Snowfall, I mean, it got, people got ruthless because now you don't have to be a, a hookup. You don't have to know a high, a high price lawyer. You don't have to be hooked directly into Pablo. Like, again, you could buy Coke from, you know, a little eighth of Coke. I don't even know how much that costs, but whatever. It was 15, 14, 13. Kids like Franklin, guys like Franklin. Teenage kids. No kind of indoctrination to the game, no kind of rules, no kind of, they don't give a fuck, they getting, they, you know, they rock it up, they making money, these motherfuckers is making money hand over fist, and now they got all these guns, and all these weapons, and they fighting for their corners, and everybody just, and, and that's how the shit got crazy, because any and everybody could be a dope boy, and, and as it got, went along, it got, like, in Franklin, the reason I like it is because they showed how, there's a reason we tell y'all that this dope game only ends in jail, death, or these motherfuckers be strung out. And that's how it is. And and a lot of y'all was complaining that the ending is not realistic. It absolutely is. They're so... If I go home to Philly right now, and even when I was younger, they used to be, you know, if you... every Any black neighborhood you go to, you'll go in a neighborhood and it'll be certain random, like a dude, random dude on the corner, or maybe he's just, you know random old dude or drunk or crackhead whatever somebody that you normally wouldn't even pay attention to but you'll notice people like hey J- hey Gerald hey Rod hey you know whatever they'll speak to them and you'll be like what are you fucking speaking why why are you speaking to him and, and they'll be like oh, that's that's Pete Pete used to run this whole neighborhood you'll find out that he used to be the man he used to be the Franklin Saint you know not all of them get out some of them do some of them they sit like Leon they see it like look this shit is, they about to come down with these laws, putting us to jail forever, I'm getting the fuck out of it, I'm taking my little money, I'm going to Ghana, or I'm going to invest in these, you know, whatever, like my daddy did, and they do get out, there's some of them, you know, they go into the music industry, we know those stories, although most of them end up still in jail, because they can't leave that street shit behind, um, you know, but some of them get out, but a lot of them do not, they are, in, I have, well, I told you my boy Sean, he been in jail since he was 18, for murder, he gonna be there for the rest of his life, because Pennsylvania, that's what they do, but and and the dude he killed, that he's in there murdered, for murder, for, I knew him too, dude named Brett, knew him too, I was at work the day he got killed I, I, I didn't know he was gonna be killed that day, but I knew he was gonna be killed because he kept asking, he kept telling, you know he worked for my father, but me and him was real cool because we kind of grew up together. Because when I lived with my mom, one of the ladies that used to babysit me, my mom's um, went to college with this um, her friend, her one of her best friends she went to college with, and her mom would babysit me. So, and Sean lived on the block. So, and my grandmother also lived right around the corner from the lady that would babysit me. So I, I didn't grow up in that area, but I came up with Sean. And Sean lived on the block, so I came up with Sean. So Sean was a friend of mine. But he was a he ended up running a drug crew. And he would come by the store all the time. My dad, you know, my dad knew him, so he didn't, you know, and 
he told me wait and I, I told him he told me his stupid plan of what he was going to do and I was like Sean that's not going to work they still going to put you in jail it don't work like that he he thought that it, he he his plan was he was going to send his little boys to, to do Brett they was fighting over this corner um, two two blocks up for this this corner on Larchwood. They was all summer. They was battling. They was shootouts all summer. That summer we had to keep on ducking, and you know for this corner. And Sean, I told you, my dad used to one one things that my dad used to do, um, is like when dudes come home from jail or when they get paroled or if they get probation, whatever, because they first offense and the court says they have to have a job. My dad would come let them work for us. So we had like a lot of dope boys and a lot of drug kingpins who was working for, this was, ours was their cover job, I told y'all that, right, my boy Stacy, it was a lot of them in there, you know, that's what they, that's what my father would do, allowed them to work there, he didn't even have to pay some of them, because they didn't, they, they weren't getting, they had dope money, he just, hey, I need to say I have a job, so, you know, um, and this was like in the early 80s, so, um, Sean just kept, he told me what he was going to do, and I was like, Sean, that's not going to work, because he, he, he was like, I'm going to get everybody else to shoot him, I'm not going to actually shoot him, so when they do that, they can't say, I shot him, like, sure, it don't work like that, you, you can't, you, it's called felony, but it, whatever, I told him I'm going to work, nigga did anyway, and so he's been in jail since 18, because all the boys told on him, and he tried to say, but it wasn't my gun, and they was like, but you're the one that ordered the hit, <laughs> like I said, so he's been in jail since 18 over that, um, and I know another guy that's also, he didn't get life, though. He got, um, he's probably out now. He got, like, 20 years. Yeah, he's probably been out. Because when we were, like, yeah, he would have been out. I was, like, 15, 16, 20 years. Been, I, I mean, maybe he's back in. But he got 20 years. And the thing about Pennsylvania is they don't do, like, parole and all that shit. So they give you 20 years in Pennsylvania. is 20 years minimum. You're going to be in there 20 years. And then they'll let you out. If they give you life, you in there for life. They give you double life, forget it. Um... And, um, so I know a lot of guys that are in jail. They still in jail. Some of them got out. I went to school. I tell y'all, we because we went to school with kingpins because back then it's not like now. Now, these motherfuckers don't even bother to go to school. But back then, if you were smart, you at least go to class sometime. Maybe you wasn't in there all the time, but you was in there enough to take the tests and get your grades and take the, um, what's the, the quarterly standardized test. You were there enough to where you could maintain an A or a B so that if the cops came and tried to claim that you was, you'd be like, what you talking I go to school. I look. Here go my report card. Like, that's what they used to do when we was in school. I don't know what they do now, but back then, the smart ones, that's what you would do. You would have some presence at school because that's part of you laying low. You didn't drive the big, fancy Mercedes. You drove a little, we call them buckets. Drove a little bucket. You kept it low. Yeah, you had your gold and jewelry on, but, like, not not flashy. You didn't draw attention to yourself. It's different now. Motherfuckers got whole-ass rat crews making legitimate money still doing I don't understand it. But anyway, the ending of Snowfall was great because it showed how... That shit don't be worth it. Louie's on the run. And, and and you know what? Let me be defense attorney for Louie too. Because y'all was making Louie the bad guy. And I just want to say, I don't know if we was watching the same show. Because Louie is the one who, when Franklin didn't know what to do with that dope. And Teddy was about to find somebody else. He went to Louie because Louie was already in the game with Sylvia at the bar. And knew the hustlers and knew how to do that shit. And told Franklin what to do. And you need a place to launder your money through. So they finangled Sylvia out, out of the bar. Y'all don't remember that. And then the whole beef between her and Franklin started. Because once Louie figured out where... Because remember Franklin wasn't telling them where the drugs coming from. 
young at first. And then when Louie found out that he was fucking around with the government and who Teddy was, she was like, Franklin, you got this, this, this ain't it. This not, you, they, that's, they fucking with you. That's not your money. They using you. They can turn, they gonna throw you to the wolves. Remember? That's what started the beef. And then Franklin didn't want to do it. Franklin was like, look, man, I just need to do this. We're gonna get this money. gonna be out. Y'all gonna help me. And then Louis was like, cool. Louis and Jerome was like, all right, fine. We're gonna be a crew. Sissy, all of them. We're gonna be a crew. It's only when Franklin went back and was still trying to fuck with Teddy. And Louis was like, look, we got Louis and Jerome was like, bro, look, we're gonna do our own thing. We know how to do this. We got the shit set up in Arkansas. We can do this. We we got our own shit now. We don't need that motherfuckers though. We got these kids and 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 let me go on my own because I'm fucking grown and I know what I'm doing and you don't. And that's when the beef started. And y'all wanted to make Louie like she was the bad guy. Louie told him all along that this is going to happen. That's not your money, Franklin. You fucking around with the government, Franklin. These motherfuckers, you in over your head, Franklin. We don't need this shit, Franklin. I'm about to go take my shit and I, I got, um, I, and she told him about Pony Boy. Look, you need to go with, um, I know he crazy, but he's loyal, and we know he's kind of crazy, and we ain't got to worry about him trying to uh, stab us in the back. He, if he say he on our side, he on our side, but no, he wanted to go with um the young boy, and what happened? Okay, and that's what started the war. So, defense attorney for Louie, because y'all tried to make Louie the bad guy, Louie was the one who set all that shit up and told Franklin how to do it and told Franklin he needed to get out, and this motherfucker thought he could just go quit on Teddy. Like, nigga, this is, Teddy is the CIA. What do you mean, give you, that's not your money. That's all government money. He's setting your accounts and shit up because he wants to fund his little fucking war. He's got the account numbers for all that shit. And all y'all talking about sissy fucked it up. Sissy knew that he wasn't calling in no bank transfer. He wasn't calling, he was probably going to call a code to let them know, take all that shit out or move all that shit or whatever he was going to do. Teddy was not calling the bank transfer and she knew that because she knew that Teddy killed her husband and how easy he would lie and why would he do that? If he was going to transfer the money, he would have just did it. So, it was a good show. Y'all were disappointed. Y'all said it was realistic. It was the best. I'm so glad that they bought it back around because the show had turned into power for a little bit. And everybody talked about Franklin Saint. And that was not the point of it. The point was not Franklin Saint. The point was to show, look how savage this shit. Look how they got family members trying to shoot at family. I got a son and a mother. A, a son threatening his mother and not wanting to see his mother anymore about some money and choking his baby mom. Like, kill this man's father. Like, that's how savage it got. You have motherfucking grandmothers that had to put bars on their house because their grandchild was coming in and stealing their shit. Okay, I told y'all, crackhead stole my grandmama address. Uh, dog. That's the su- nigga. You couldn't not. You, it was bad enough that you couldn't have like you know how people had their little little um porch chairs on their porch and plants. You, the crackheads were stealing anything when nailed down, so people had to start um nailing they 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 furniture to the porch so the crackhead wouldn't steal it, plants and shit. But one day this motherfucker came to my daddy's store because you know crackheads they always trying to sell shit. He had an address, somebody's address off their goddamn house. Trying to sell it. Somebody stole my grandmother's address. My grandma had the, I don't know, maybe it was because it was the kind of, I know it sounds dumb. My dad was so mad. My dad was like, the fuck I'm going to do with an address? The address was like 3452, I think. 3452, I think. Something like that. My dad was like, what the fuck? Take this shit back. The fuck? I'm a D1 cussing. But he was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with that? You used to, a, a plate in a, man, if you 
put them out. But my grandmother's got stolen too, and I realized. I guess it was the she had the kind. So my grandmother's little front yard. You know how they had those um light posts. It's like a light. Like, it looks like a little lighthouse, and then they hang the address like it's a metal, the wrought iron metal address hanging off of it. They took that, and I think it's maybe because of the metal. They was trying to, that because they only took, it was a rash of those kind of things where they were stealing, because they were stealing your wrought iron, your gate, anything metal, and I think that's what it was. So, hers got stolen, but I, that boy, that was so funny. He was like, man, if you don't get out of here, what the you come on, man, give me twenty dollars. What am I gonna do with that address? <laughs> Put that address back on that lady's house. <laughs> oh man, I'll never forget that day. That was so funny. No, my dad was sweeping. He was sweeping the floor. And dude came in. Everybody knew my dad. Rafi, Rafi, yo, 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 I got an address. <laughs> dad, stop. He turned around. He was like, what? Dude had look look. He was like, man, if you don't take that address back, where the what am I doing? And get out of here! <laughs> oh god. But anyway, that's how ridiculous it was. People were selling their babies, bro. People was giving it. People was like, here, alright, you can have my baby. Hold my baby. I don't. I don't never understood why you would take a baby. Like, but people would do that. Like, they would hold people's babies, and for crack. And I'm like, why do you have that baby? What are you gonna do with it? But I don't know. Like, they would do it. And they wouldn't do nothing to the baby. They would just have the baby. And I don't, I'm not really sure. And then she would come back. And But a lot of times they didn't. After a while, they didn't come back. And that baby ended up in foster care. And that's what a lot of these kids we got now is coming from. But, um, yeah, it was a great ending. I thought it chronicled it well. It just showed if you came away from that not understanding that what they were trying to show you was how... That shit is not worth it. How it destroyed lives. How it destroyed the community. If you go watch that first season and look how that neighborhood was. And then go to the last one and see how it was. That was happening all over the country. In cities all over the country. Philly, D.C., Chicago, Detroit, L.A. And L.A. was even worse because they had the gang stuff on top of that. So there's an extra layer. Miami, everywhere. It was just everywhere. The whole country was in grips. It even moved out to the suburbs. You know, but it was just, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible time. And it really did not subside, I think, I feel. It really did not subside. And when I say subside, not that it went away, but like it was not as, they weren't shooting out. It was not as crazy as it was when we were younger. I want to say like 98, 97, 98. That's because the crime bill, I believe, had kicked in by then. And so, a lot of the, a lot of them had been sent to jail for the 20, 25 years, so they was off the streets. Okay? And so, um, whatever was, so whatever was doing in the 2000s, I know that's the wire and all that shit, but I'm telling you, however bad that was, it was nothing compared to what we grew up in. There was not shooting out in broad daylight. There was not crackheads and fiends everywhere. They was out there, but they wasn't everywhere. It wasn't like the mayor of D.C. caught smoking crack. Like, I did, that's the reason why when that, that happened, like, my senior year, around my senior year high school, I can't recall, but the main reason I did not go to school in D.C. because, uh, you know, Georgetown recruited me. Um, 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 what's the other school down there? Um, not George, the other one. Georgetown, George... Uh, there's another George school down there. One of them presidents um, recruited me, but mainly Georgetown. I was really kind of looking at because that back then that's when Georgetown was still shit. But um, 
I, I, that was when D.C. was the murder capital. It was even more violent than Philly, which was hard to believe because Philly was very violent. Also, didn't go to the University of Miami. I was going to go. My dad was like, you ain't going to Miami. And I was like, why? Such a, and this is back when, well, no. I had wanted to go to Miami from earlier. Remember when Miami used to win the championships, 88, 89? They won them back-to-back. So I always kind of was hype on Miami. So by the time, my dad was like, you ain't going to fucking Miami. I was like, why? He was like, you are not going down there. There ain't nothing down there but fucking crime and, and drugs. You're not going to fucking Miami. So I was like, all right, that was out. So, um, and, you know, I had no interest in going to HBCU. God bless y'all, but I was I was tired of niggas. I, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be nowhere near, no black people. I was like, get me as far away from the inner city as you can. That's why I didn't go to Penn. My dad was begging me, crying the blues, trying to get me to go to University of Pennsylvania because he didn't want me to leave home. And I was like, I am not staying here. I'm not staying in Philadelphia. I'm getting the fuck on. And I went to Cornell because it was way in upstate New York and it looked very white and very Caucasian. And that's what I wanted. I did not want no Negroes. I was Negroed out. And so, um, you know, those of us, Y'all millennials, that's why we really Gen X, we really don't got it for y'all because y'all want to complain a lot about all the shit y'all went through and it's like, bro, we went through all that plus all the shit before. Y'all really didn't go through nothing. Like, y'all didn't. The shit y'all be complaining about, we went through that that y'all complaining about plus the two before, plus the three before that, plus the crack, plus the AIDS. Dog, we came up in a very, very turbulent time. We are survivors. We don't talk about that shit too much, but trust and believe. Gen X, we are like we are for a reason because we some milk box material. We was on milk boxes. They they were snatching kids. It was like, bruh, we we went through it. So that's why we don't really have it for y'all complaining about the shit y'all be like, nigga, y'all came by after shit was safe. The crime bill, y'all complained about, nigga, y'all wasn't out here when they were shooting in the streets like this. Y'all went out here when people, when moms and, and babies had to sleep in their bathtub because the bullets was just raining through ridiculously and, and they was killing witnesses and they was killing cops and, you know, they y'all wasn't, y'all, please, 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 please with, the, with it. We don't want to hear it because y'all did not go through what we went through and we are all, man, all of us got PTSD from that shit and that's why we don't play with these druggy drugs like y'all do. That's why we don't take cocaine like a recreational drug and a party drug like y'all do. Because that's how niggas start out. When co- Nobody just started smoking crack. They all started with cocaine, then they went to crack. So that's If you Gen X, I'm telling you, we don't. F- if it ain't weed, it's crack. I'm, we don't do no, don't bring that cocaine out around. And, every, and, the, and the, those of us who did, guess where they are? Crackheads. Those are the crackheads that, that we were talking about, and, and they ain't doing much better. We did not fuck around. I do not mess around. I, I don't, look, you if you can do cocaine and, and, and maintain it, I know there are some people that can do it every now and then. I know that. But I, I feel like people be addicts more than they realize. And if you're doing it every weekend, then you're not maintaining. You're doing that shit every weekend. And pretty soon that turns into you you a fucking cokehead. And then, God forbid, a crackhead. Because crack is back. I don't know if y'all know. But it's back now. And I, I think it's not a coincidence. It's back around the time that all these dudes that was locked up for 30, 40 years are starting to now get out. And they don't know how to do nothing else. And, you know, all of a sudden now crack is back. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a coincidence, but I don't think that it is. Anyway, 
excellent finale. I love the way they show Franklin being down bad because a lot of them ended up like that. And, I, you know, I know y'all think everybody turned into Jay-Z, but they did not. A lot of them, they came home, they went to jail or whatever, or the, the, um, with the new laws, they can, conf- if you, they can confiscate your money. They can If you can't show a legal source of inform- uh, uh, of income, that's what all the money the, all the money laundering laws are about. If you cannot show a legitimate um, flow of income, they're going to steal it. They, they, they take it. They confiscate it. And so what you going to do? A lot of them ended up like that, and 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 even older now. I, we were just talking about this. People was like, "Oh, well, it wouldn't happen that fast." Yes, it did. Like Franklin actually had a long run. The the, the guys in the '80s could run longer than the guys in the '90s. By the time the '90s came, they just blow you out your shoes and take your corner. But in the '80s, like it seemed like a long time, but like guys would be like the man for like a year or two. Then they either get arrested, they had to go on a run, or or they get killed, and then another one step up, and maybe they had it for a month or two, a year, I mean, a year or two, maybe six, eight months. It was all it was a, a just one to come, they get killed, they get murdered, they get locked up, they had to go go on a run, whatever the case. The, y'all, everybody watched BMF. That I, you know, even they ended up in jail, but it, it, it look, a lot of them ended up like Franklin, a lot. And so that's, I thought it was great that they showed that because like, all of this for what? You did all of this for what? And now your neighborhood is ruined. And that was a good shout out to John Singleton showing him showing you know, a film in um, Boys in the Hood that was excellent. Um, you know, and a nice shout out. But like, and for what? Look at the neighborhood. Look at the people. Look at the, look at the death and destruction y'all have wrought that we are still paying for to this day. All these fucking glassy eyed kids and, 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 and just raised by these fiends and not raised by these fiends and addicts and coming up in foster care and parents was on drugs and all this shit, all of that shit that y'all did, all that devastation y'all bought and for what? So y'all can have a little bit of money for a little while? You ain't even do nothing with it. You know? The smart ones, the Jay-Z's, the rappers, some of them, okay, they got into the music business, some of them, but even some of them, we see, they still dying now from, from drugs, you know? It wasn't worth it. And that's what that showed. It was not worth it. Um, and I just thought it was great, and I think all y'all was looking for some heroes ending, y'all missed the whole point of the series, y'all missed the whole point of the show, and, um, y'all didn't get the message, um, but I I thought it was great, I love the way they bought it, I feel like that last episode brought it back to the tone of the first and second seasons, like, hey, this is, this is real, we not glamorizing this shit, we not trying to, you know, this ain't no, this ain't no, uh, Jason Bourne type shit, this ain't no Scarface we doing here, even though Scarface kind of went the same way, but y'all know what I'm saying, in the middle years, it was getting a little bit, a little bit like power, and then they bought it back, and I just thought it was great, I thought it was an excellent ending, and, um, you know, bravo to that show, and if y'all haven't seen it, y'all should watch it, um, yeah, okay, so that's it, that's all I had to say, I managed to get through without coughing too much. I fucked up. I didn't have my water. I apologize. I'm going to try to edit it out that, that doorbell thing, but, like, it, it just might be on there. So, um, you know, look, thanks for your patience. Thanks for waiting. Like me. Rate me. Tell a friend. I appreciate y'all at me on TL. I appreciate I, I found out that people listen that I don't even know listen. Shout out to y'all. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, see y'all next week. Peace.